You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And today, Riley and I are sitting down with Roby. Roby began exotic dancing at the age of 17 at a Coyote Ugly style bar. She then went on to get a full-ride scholarship to university for computational mathematics as a student athlete in Northern California. Roby has been dancing in Vegas for the last three years, which we know a lot of you are curious about, so we thought it would be great to have her on. When she's not shaking it for adoring patrons or applying to complete her master's in applied mathematics, she's making hilarious and educational TikToks for her over 69,000 fans. Riley has been a fan of Roby's for a while now, and she put me on her TikTok and was like, we need to get her on the, on the podcast. And she was right. This episode is fantastic. It was such a good conversation. You guys are going to absolutely love it. So here you go. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. It's pronounced Roby. Correct. Okay. I'm probably going to call you Robbie like 500 times, but I will take a okay. conscious effort. I'll take not- whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a hard one to explain in a really loud club. That, yeah, that's why it's annoying. That's why I don't like it so much anymore. But I kind of feel like I'm stuck with it at this point. So, yeah, I'm really just trying to remember like, um, like a robe. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a sexy yeah. robe? Ro- like, yeah. okay, Roby. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's how Or like Moby it. Dick or something. I don't know. Okay, oh. okay. Roby Dick. Uh, I like that. Roby Dick. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, you started working in a Coyote Ugly style bar when you were 17. What was that like? And is it like the movies? <laughs> um, it was super fun. I actually haven't seen the movies, but <gasps> it was on a whim that I got hired. They asked me if I was 18. Um, I just told them yes, and they never asked to see an ID. So I kind of got lucky there. Um, they threw a bunch of raves, underground parties and stuff like that. And I wasn't really stripping. It was more like I was pole dancing and dancing on the bars and like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten to dance for like, oh, Mickey Avalon and like low key rappers and stuff like that, just on their stage when they had concerts. And that, that was really fun. It was like a fun way to get into dancing and not super scary right off the bat. Yeah. I feel so uncool. She's like saying names. I'm like, I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I love their music. I love country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the sex drugs and rock and roll guy I don't know <laughs> okay cool uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so it was like did you sell like private dances or was it just kind of I guess go-go dancing type thing mm. it was more go-go dancing for sure like there were like public private dances like not really where I would just like get paid an extra like 20 bucks to like grind on someone for a few minutes but it wasn't anything specific Gotcha. Yeah. Like there were like back rooms or anything like that. Mm. So what prompted the leap from Coyote Ugly to stripping? Oh, I was so broke. I was so, <laughs> so broke. <laughs> Famous last words. Um, yeah, I was in, I was in my first year of college. It was like the summer after my first year and I was living by myself and I had gotten a job where like they wound up deciding to not pay me after like the first month that I had worked there. Yeah. And my rent was due and I was like, 
not about to go into any kind of debt. And also I was like 18, so no one was going to give me a loan of any kind. So I just called the local agency because there was no um, strip clubs in the area. And the agency would like rent strippers out to bachelor parties and stuff like that. So I called them. I got work that night. I think I made $300 and I thought I was so impressed with that amount of money. (laughs) And so I was sold. I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I did that for six months to a year, um, just on and off whenever I needed to. Yeah. It's funny how like when you look back, you were like what you were impressed with when you first started. Do you remember what you made your first night, Riley? Um, I also started at a sort of agency where they where they hired uh, dancers out to um, private parties, like bachelor parties, topless poker dealing, etc. I don't remember how much I made uh, the first night there, but I remember the first night at the club, I made $700 and I was like, I'm rich. <laughs> My problems are gone. You're like at like Starbucks the next day and you're like peasant. Yeah. I'm like, right. I'm going to pay for everyone's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was working on Alberta. I think the first night I made 1800 and I wow. was like, Fuck this <laughs> but that was like a mediocre night back then. Right. Like, so Go on with your 300. I mean, um, last week. Yeah. <laughs> Freshly 19. Um, too many years ago. I started about oh my, almost 18 years ago now. Or eight years ago. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I started she was a child. <laughs> a child. <laughs> I started about eight years ago. Roughly. Okay, same. Yeah, everyone that I've talked to that worked before 2008 said that that was like the golden era, like the early 2000s and stuff, and I wish I was old enough to dance back then. Oh, yeah. I have a girlfriend um, who was actually on the podcast in its earlier seasons, and she uh, is in her mid-40s now, and she had been dancing since she was 18, and she said before, like, especially in Vancouver, you would just like sit with like like gangster style guys and they would give you like 10 20k and you'd be like okay thanks i love it <laughs> i love that i just wish that i started you, earlier yeah yeah if you think about it too like a lap dance has been 20 dollars since like what the 80s or the 90s and people have been making it rain with one dollar bills since like the 70s and if you think about that with like the cost of inflation oh. like it's really sad to think about how much money they were making back then yeah and the fact that like i don't know about for you guys, but the way stage dancers are paid now, it's less now than it was like five, ten years ago. And it's like, wait, why are we getting paid less? <laughs> like, what's happening? Right. <laughs> yeah, it just right. something does not add up here. Uh, so you mentioned that you were dancing in San Francisco, but then you started dancing. Um, well, then the, the dancers started being considered independent contractors. That's correct. The other way around. So we were independent contractors first. Um, and that what that would look like was, I mean, it was different at every club, but my club, um, you would show up at whatever time you show up and that corresponded to how much of a percentage you would be getting to keep out of your money. So I would show up early to work and I would get to keep 75% of any money that I made out of dances. Tips were all mine. Um, there was someone like keeping track and then 25% would go to the club. And for some girls, like if you show up late, your percentage goes to 60, 40 or something like that. Like that was the lowest percent. Um, And then they gave us less than a week's notice in November of 2018 saying that they lost some kind of lawsuit and now they were going to make us all be employees. And it changed it. It changed our deal. So 
what wound up happening was we would get paid $15 an hour, but the first $150 that you make at the club, you don't get to keep. So you're paying yourself to work basically. And if you didn't make $150 before midnight, you would get sent home, which like I've had nights where it's, I I don't make any money until two in the morning, you know? Um, and then between $150 and $400, you get to keep 40%. And then after $400, you get to keep 60%. And I remember my last night working there, I tried to make it work for as long as I could. I think I made $1,000 and I left with like $330 and I was so done <laughs> after that. That was like Holy the last crap. Time. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. They've lost a lot of dancers. It's not the same as it was before 2018. Like I don't understand how they're still making money. Um, and that's everywhere in California. That's not just the Bay Area. That's like LA as well. Yeah, I think I spoke to another LA dancer about when the switch became that they were considered employees, and it was for um, legality reasons. If I remember correctly, it helped the club a lot with them having you as an employee rather than independent independent contractor. There's yeah, exactly more ways for them to rip you off, pretty much. And I remember right. I remember hearing there's a lot of backlash from the dancer community, as there should be um, out here in Canada. My club, I believe, it's a sixty forty split. Uh, for everyone, which is so frustrating. I remember I sold 32 dances in a row and then having to give them like thousands of dollars out of that. I was like, you did not sit on that man's lap as your period bled through your tampon (laughs) (laughs) and down your fucking leg for that money. But yeah, I mean, one can dream of changes, but. Right. I think the deal was, is that like Deja Vu is like the big strip club conglomerate in America. And they steal some, they steal like 60 to $80 million a year from dancers, but, and they'll get sued for it and they wind up having to pay out like 20 million. So that means they're still making 30 or 40 million, like stealing from us. So they just keep doing it. Um, and I don't think being employees is necessarily a bad thing. They just kind of threw a a tantrum about it. Um, like they didn't have to do the $15 an hour and then the, the split that they're doing. Like there are so many like better ways that they could like make it work for everyone and have everyone be happy, but they don't, they don't want to do that. They're not invested in the dancers yeah. like long-term. Yeah. Is there a positive aspect to be an employee? Like, do you get employee like workers rights at all or like healthcare with that? You would think, but no, they don't let you work 40 hours a week <laughs> so yeah. that you get capped at hours so that they don't have to do that. Um, I mean the, the positive side for a lot of people would be, um, like getting a loan for a house or getting like having to prove income for like any kind of situation, like getting a car loan. Um, but on the other hand, like I worked with a lot of teachers or a lot of firefighters and people like that who couldn't afford to have to like be public about dancing, um, with people that they were getting mortgages from or whoever. And so they all had to, they were being forced into retirement yeah. As well. Yeah. So. That was definitely a trick question. I knew there'd be no good things. <laughs> <laughs> good things for yeah. dancers? Never. No. no People looking you. out for sex workers? Never. Never. Uh, <laughs> so aside from the ones you've already mentioned, um, with regards to being an employee versus independent contractor, what are the other main differences you've noticed between the clubs that you were with in San Francisco and now Las Vegas? Hmm. There's a lot more girls in Las Vegas, and it's a lot more of a party atmosphere. Um, everyone that I've danced with in the Bay Area really seems to have their shit together. Like, most of the girls that I worked with had master's degrees. 
um, and just like had other jobs and not that you need another job to be like valid as a sex worker, but a lot of people travel to Vegas that so you see the people for like shorter amounts of time. Um, I don't know. The customers are a lot better and worse at the same time. That's a hard question. <laughs> how, how do you think the customers differ? Would you say they're like better and worse? Is it more money and they're ruder or? The Bay area has a lot of younger tech guys coming in by themselves, which is kind of easy to hustle, you know, because they are younger and they're by themselves. And Vegas is more groups, bachelor parties, birthday parties, um, and people coming out and celebrating. So it's more of a party vibe. There's a lot more alcohol. The worst thing I think is the hours, um, like I'll get to work at like 10 and leave at like eight or nine in the morning. And that does not happen in California. And it's really hard to live a life like that. Um, it's a lot faster paced just in general. Um, I think a lot of girls get burnt out really quickly. Um, and if you don't do it in a healthy way, I can see how that would be really easy to get burnt out. Do you think that it's a bit of money in Vegas than California? Or do you think it depends on your vibe? Um, I upped my hustle game so much when I moved to Vegas, so I definitely make a lot more money in Vegas, but I think there's a lot more like $20,000 nights in San Francisco than there are in Vegas. Um, just because I don't know though, like, I mean, sometimes people big win big gambling and they'll go out. Um, but I make a lot more money on average than I do in San Francisco, but I've seen less, like, big whale clients, I guess. Gotcha. So I know a lot of dancers, including myself, would love to try out dancing in Vegas. Uh, What is the environment like? Is it overly competitive because it's such a hot spot? And because the dancers, like you said, are so transient. I feel like they'd be, like, a little more hostile with each other because they have no, like, ownership to anyone. It's very competitive, um, and I love competition, so (laughs) I thrive in environments like that, but yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. I think if you keep to yourself, just like at every strip club, like if you're new, you keep to yourself and like just are really respectful of other dancers, I don't think anyone is going to really bother you. Um, There's a lot of differences like with etiquette. Um, like I know a lot of clubs approaching someone on stage, approaching a customer on stage is something that you would absolutely not ever do. And I still don't do that, but that happens all the time in Vegas. Um, you can't get your like feelings hurt. I feel like about stuff like that. Um, you'll be sitting with a guy and someone will try to talk to him and like, you just have to be polite. Um, I'm always extra nice to everyone. And if someone tries to like steal a customer or do something shady like they usually won't get away with it because the guy will see me kind of stepping back you know and it'll just like make the other person look really aggressive um but yeah I mean it is really competitive um you have to move quickly you can't really be taking breaks in the back because often it's like you would at a smaller club um I don't go in the locker room at all so (laughs) And what about the dynamics with other dancers or, like, in the club in general? Like, how are the other staff to you? Um, does that change between clubs? Yeah. Um, there's three three or four, like, bigger clubs in Vegas. So, like, 
Spearmint Rhino, Sapphire, Crazy Horse 3, and Hustlers are the main big clubs. Like, I think they're the better clubs, but, I mean, there are, like, other smaller clubs. And throughout those, um, throughout those four clubs, the staff varies a lot. Like, staff at Sapphire, they are very picky, and they won't be nice about it at all. If they, like, see something wrong with your body, like they will be very quick to point it out to you. So you have to be kind of thick skinned. Um, I am very athletic. I was an athlete for like 20 years and I've gone to like multiple clubs and they told me that I'm too fat to work there, even though I'm not fat. Like I'm very in shape. Um, and this was even like when I was in college, when I was like an NC2A athlete. Um, but yeah, I mean, they will, they will point out every like flaw that you have and they, like you get to a club, where the staff works with dancers, you're really lucky because that doesn't happen everywhere. But um, staff at some clubs will put you on to customers. And it, it kind of is like a weird vibe at first if you're not used to it. But if you get like a manager or a floor, floor host's phone number, um, they'll be texting you throughout the night being like, hey, I have a group coming in. Like, hey, come talk to these people. Come talk to these people. And I love working with people like that because it makes my life a lot easier and I just have to give them 20%. Yeah, right. Definitely. I read an article um, in one of my undergrad degrees um, that was called I'll Scratch Your Back, You Scratch Mine, or You Scratch My Back, I'll Scratch Yours, something like that. And it was about the dynamic um, between the dancers and employees um, and management and bouncers and how like that currency exchange where it's like, if you set me up, if you look out for me, if you like, you know, if the bouncers actually look after you, um, it's because they want to tip and how like everything's for the cost of something kind of idea. Um, but I think that's honestly like everywhere in life, but yeah, especially see it like thriving in the strip club. Um, that idea of like, I mean, I've experienced a lot where bouncers will do fuck all for girls they don't like or fuck yeah. all unless the girl makes a lot of money and tips them out at the end of the night, which is fucking bullshit because it's literally your job to make sure the girls are good. But there's not much, like, nothing really, re- like, regulating if they actually do their jobs or not. So I find that's – I've seen that a lot, even myself in the clubs I've been at. Right. It's like a thin line between the managers who are really good at that and have respect for the girls and the managers who do that and think that they're your pimp. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is pimping yeah. a big thing in Vegas? Yeah, it is. And not all girls in that situation are upset about having a pimp. A lot of girls have pimps for safety. Um, I think it's complete bullshit, but I understand where they're coming from. Um, yeah, I don't know. Especially if a lot of girls who are new in town um, or a lot of girls who are foreign who like maybe don't have like driver's license. They can't work in the clubs. Um, yeah. A lot of those girls have pimps. And do you find that within the sort of clubs in Vegas, do girls hop around or is it sort of, if you go to one club, you kind of have to stick to that club. Oh, girls go around. They hop around a lot. Um, which they should, you know, if like one club is treating you poorly, like you should definitely go to a different club. Like you have so many options in Vegas, which is really nice. Um, like when I was dancing in the Bay area, there was one club that was good to dance at and it's nice having like multiple options in Vegas. Yeah. Here it's very much like if you're at one club, you do not get to ever work at the other club. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. I think over the years it's gotten a little like more welcoming to like, 
going back and forth or like you'll have a sister club that you're allowed to like bounce between but yeah back in the day it was very much like this ownership mentality of like we don't accept their girls our girls don't go there um yet somehow we were their girls yet they were not taking care of us <laughs> right. yeah they love to be territorial <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so how do the hustling tactics yours or in general change from state to state if they do like you said, you have to hustle a lot harder in Vegas. I don't know. I think I just got better at <laughs> hustling. I think um, if I would have been doing the same thing in San Francisco, I would have done well there also. Um, I'm a lot quicker now. Like I won't spend more than like five or ten minutes with any one customer. Yeah, I think I just got quicker at sitting with any one given table Um I've gotten to the point where I can manipulate the conversation well enough to the point where I don't really ask people to go in the back anymore. I don't ask people for dances. Um, I've gotten to the point where I can like have them ask me (laughs) to go in the back. Um, and I think that takes a lot of practice of failing over and over and over again, but that's kind of how Vegas is, you know, like on a busy night, there's maybe like 200 dancers and like, I don't know, like maybe a thousand customers or something like that. I don't know, maybe a little bit less, but yeah, you can't afford to like sit with any one customer for more than a few minutes at a time. What are some of the hustle tactics that you feel like have really improved your game? Um, so my whole vibe at work is I'm very fun and playful and I feel like I have a mystery about me that is also like terrifying to men (laughs) and I don't know and I act like pretty masculine at work like I know a lot of girls raise their voices and I definitely lower mine um and I'll just kind of fuck with people a little bit (laughs) like um I don't know I'll introduce myself and then say something that will like totally throw the conversation off like something that they were not expecting like um I don't know, just being like, oh, fuck, I'm, like, blanking on all of my phrases right now. I haven't worked in, like, two months. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just something, like, if, this, if the conversation is not sexual at all, I'll say something, like, super out of left field that's, like, way sexual that they weren't expecting or, like, something about, like, dominating men or, like, something about, like, some kink. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably nice. Like, I could imagine being a customer in a in a club having the same conversation over and over again. And I've had the same conversation. Like, hey, how are you? What do you do? What's what your real you, name? What brings you here tonight? What did you guys do before this? Like, it's the same questions that we give clients that clients give us. 100%. Yeah. I try to steer away from questions. Like, a lot of girls will, like, ask, oh, what do you do for work? And I will absolutely never fucking ask that question because I feel like guys probably hate their job. They don't want to think about work when they're at the strip club. And so instead I'll ask like, oh, what do you do for fun? And I can gauge how wealthy they are with that question the same way that I could gauge how wealthy they are if they told me what their job is. You know, because if their hobbies are like golf or fucking flying private jets to like Europe, you know, yeah. like you can kind of tell someone's hobbies, like how, like what, how much money they make. Um, yeah. And I try to steer clear of all of like the, the same questions over and over again that they'll get from other girls, but yeah. 
I think it also like it helps to sometimes yeah like throw them that curveball of like not saying or being what they'd expect you I mean sometimes it totally goes left field um but I do the same like my physique and look at work is very like I don't know porn star porn star Barbie like I usually have like long blonde hair I have really big boobs like hourglass figure and I usually wear pink and stuff like that which is totally opposite what I used to wear I used to always wear I used to have long black hair I used to wear very dom style anyways but I'll Totally. Fun now. I'm so fun. I'm like the fun cool girl. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, right. and then like as soon as they start talking to me, I'll be like super fucking dorky and weird. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and it like yeah. throws them for like I was saying on the podcast last week, I had a guy go want to go for like an hour. And I was like, you know what, dude, best I can do is 20 minutes of sexy and that's 40 minutes of dork. So like, you know, you gotta, <laughs> that's what you're getting here. Like, so he was like, yeah, I right. love it. Yeah, he's like, I love it. I'm like, okay, good. Like, we can do this then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of stand out like that and not do like the stereotypical like. Totally. Like, we'll be having a really vanilla conversation and then like maybe 30 seconds or a minute and I'll be like, so do you like getting your nipples played with? And they'll be like, wait, what? And I'll like be playing with his nipple a little bit, you know? And he's like either really into it or like totally thrown off and not into it at all and then I'll be like oh well I like getting my nipples played with and then I'll like describe in detail how I want him to play with my nipples and then he's thinking about doing that you know yeah yeah. he's like we gotta get to the um, back real quick (laughs) yeah or if I'm sitting with um if I have a girl with me and we're like hustling the same customer like we'll be doing the same thing where it's like oh what's your name what's your name what do you do for fun blah 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 and then I'll be like so do you like watching girls play with each other? And, and that kind of like makes them t- take a step back. And the answer is always yes, you know, and then we can like talk about that for like 30 more seconds. And that always makes them so horny. And it like, it's a really quick way to sell them. Yeah. Do you have someone you tag team with a lot at work? Like I am such a tag team person. 90% of my shit is with someone else always. Um, one, because I probably would kill a fucker if I had to deal with him alone. So I think I need someone to like, <laughs> yeah. someone to like check me every once in a while when I'm starting to get annoyed. Um, but yeah, is that pretty common to like tag team in Vegas in the clubs? It's super common. A lot of girls do that. A lot of girls that looked similar do that. Um, I've done that with like my friends and my friends were like new to dancing. You know, it's like friends from my vanilla life that started dancing And every time I did it, I felt like I was the one making the money and, you know, and so it was like always me hustling and then being along for the ride. And so I kind of stepped back from doing that. And I, I'll, I can do it either way, but unless I know the person is like a big time hustler, then I usually won't. A hundred percent. No, I completely agree. Me and Riley tag team a lot together. Um, Obviously not the clubs because we work different clubs, but when we're like private private parties we tag team a lot together and we obviously have like opposite looks but it kind of works out well because like she can get the guys that wouldn't be attracted to me but then she can like force them to love me and then like vice versa right like if a guy's want like really big boobs but I can be like but look how cute my flat dresser friend is (laughs) right (laughs) so so the opposites kind of do like they play off each other quite well too um, but so like to the actual like nitty gritty of the club, how do like the floor fees, dance prices, the hours, et cetera, um, work in Vegas and especially as they differ to state to state? It's so nice in Vegas. You pay a house fee when you go in and you get to keep almost all of your money that you make. Um, yeah, which is such a dream because house fees range from like 70 bucks to like maybe 150, 200 and if you you have the option of going on stage, um, if you decide to go off of stage, you pay more. 
Um, but I like going on stage. So it's like, you kind of get a, a deal if you do that. Um, and then they don't take any money from individual lap dances, but if they run a credit card, they'll take a percent. They'll do like a processing service fee, which is usually kind of expensive. Some clubs will make the dancers pay a fee to redeem the money. Um, but I'm very lucky that my club doesn't do that. So I get to keep all of the money I make in rooms. Um, the way that they make money is by selling alcohol. So if I want to take a guy into a champagne room, they have to buy a bottle of champagne. That's marked up like a million percent. Um, but that makes it so that I don't have to pay anything. And usually um, rooms are between, like at the bigger clubs, rooms range between like 600 to $1,200. I'll usually start at 1000 when I'm asking, 1000 an hour. Um, and I'm willing to go down to like 700. Um, and you keep all of that? Yes. So you literally just out, pay your four feet. I'll tip out the floor host, like, or if someone helped me, I'll tip them out and I'll tip the floor host like 20 bucks or something like that, the VIP host. But that's it. Um, I'll tip the DJ. Obviously, I always tip house mom because they're angels. Um, but yeah. So it really is just the floor fee and then you're just like your tip out to your, the people you care and tip out crazy yeah yeah it is so nice yeah that's a very low floor fee as well I thought it'd be a lot higher yeah I mean it does suck if you get sick and you have to leave early um or if something like that happens but I mean it's so easy to make $200 at work you know you can do that so quickly so with the VIP rooms do you you just sell uh your time I'm assuming uh, so it's not like because at my club, you sell time, but it's kind of sold that you get that much time worth of dances. Mm-hmm. No, like, I mean, so for like fifteen minute areas and half hour areas, you're expected to dance, but I don't dance most. Like I'll dance for the whole time in the fifteen minute area, but I definitely will not dance during the half hour area. And the nice thing is like. When you have to buy drinks, you also have an excuse to not dance. You know, you can just sip on your drinks instead. And so I'll usually dance for a certain amount of time and then take a break. Um, And I mean, a lot of my customers don't even want me to dance. They just want to hang out. Yeah. Um, I guess this is not specifically for you, but more for the general. Um, I've obviously heard stories about uh, there being sort of like extras in the champagne room? Is that monitored? Is there cameras? Like, what does that look like in Vegas? Yeah, there are cameras in every champagne room. Um, and extras do happen. So if you see, if you see a girl or if you, yeah, if you see a girl tipping out the camera guy, that is a girl that's probably doing extras. And like, that's the way that people get away with doing extras is by tipping the person that's in charge of watching the cameras. Right. I mean, he's getting free yeah. porn. That should be his tip. Yeah, that's his tip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, <right. laughs> so is it like, how to explain it? Do you need to be like liked to get away with it? Or is it kind of assumed, hey, everyone can pretty much do it. You just got tip out to do it. Um, I think you need to be liked to do it. And I think the customer needs to be spending a lot of money. Right. Um, depending on who you are at the same time. Like, I think I'm well-liked at the club, but I could never get away with anything like that, even if I wanted to. Um, yeah. I think the 
the owners of the club and the managers have their specific girls that they'll put on to people who want extras. Um, but you do not need to do extras to make money in Vegas. Yeah. So speaking of which, you know, you mentioned that San Francisco, you can have $20,000 nights, which is insane. And me and Danica are dancing in the wrong place. Yeah. That is not, (laughs) does not happen in clubs here. Not fucking at all. (laughs) Um, what would be sort of the range or the average that dancers take home from Vegas that aren't doing extras, that aren't doing extras? You know, I don't even think that doing extras guarantees you more money. Like, I don't think I make less money than people doing extras by any means. Um, when I first moved to Vegas, my first year, I think I was averaging like $1,300 a night. My second year, I was averaging like $1,900 a night. Um, and now I'm in my third year out there. And I'm, I mean, COVID has kind of fucked all of that up, <laughs> but it's getting back to normal. Um, I think the average that I hear from people who are sort of new hustlers in their first few years of dancing is they'll leave with like $700 um, to maybe like $1,500. I think every single person in there aims for 1000 Yeah, Yeah, so you're saying around 1000 to $2,000 a night, uh, American, USD. Yes. Which ends up being around 1300 to 2400 out here, 2500 out here. Oh, nice. Although our dances are $50, $60 dance. Um, so we probably, that's nice. Yeah. But you guys get to keep it all after our tip out. We only get 25, right? Oh yeah. So it's an, it's a harder sell to sell a $50 dance. If you're selling only $20 dance, you probably sell a lot more than, and you keep the pretty much the same amount we do. Yeah. I don't do $20 dances anymore. I can't, I don't have the patience for it. I'll do like, if someone wants a floor dance, I'll offer it for 40 and I'll go down to like, 30 but I can't do the $20 dances anymore it's like so hard on your knees like after a whole night like I don't know so do you pick your own dance prices then mm-hmm. oh that's crazy oh yeah are you not worried there's about- like suggested rates um and I think some clubs like I think Spearmint Rhino has a cap on rooms and stuff like that um but yeah most of the clubs you get to make your own rates Damn. I wonder how that is for, like, girls undercutting each other, though. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I try not to, like, pay attention to, like, what other people are charging or what other people are making because it really doesn't affect me. Um, yeah, I just think I, we would... We like, would... I think, uh, like, if a guy even brings up someone else's prices and it's like, okay, like, then go have a dance with them. You know, <laughs> like, that's great that they're offering that. Like, congrats. That's what I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I guess like in a club that you said, you know, there's a lot of dancers and also a lot of customers. If someone doesn't like your price, there's like 19 other people who do. Yeah. Also yeah. because you're not tipping out per dance. So the club in essence doesn't really give a fuck how much you're selling for or how many you're selling. As opposed to our club, they're taxing us on every dance. So they don't want us to raise the price and then them not get as many dances and them lose on our money. Right. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So. You identify as queer and masculine. How does that fit into your dancing career? So, or, or do they not really combine? How do you balance your personal self and then your dancer persona? Um, when I go to work, I feel like I'm dressing in drag, in all honesty. Um, it is hard to balance, though. Um, like... 
stuff like having long nails, you know, like I don't feel comfortable being at work without having acrylic nails, but in my day-to-day life and in my other jobs, I'm not allowed to have long nails. And so coming to like a middle ground with stuff like that is difficult. Um, like I have been saying for like probably 10 years now that whenever I'm done dancing, I'm going to shave my head (laughs) and I cannot wait to like finally do that. But I mean, it's hard, like, it's hard maintaining my hair when I don't feel super feminine on days that I'm not working, you know, um, especially over the pandemic, um, like, I wasn't working for, in the strip clubs for, like, nine months or something like that, and so having long hair and, like, really looking feminine, but not getting paid for it (laughs) did not make me feel good, and so part of me is really happy to be back at work, um, And I do like embracing like that side of me, but in my day-to-day life, like I'm not very feminine. Like my hobbies are like riding motorcycles. Like I go spear fishing. Like I work in public safety as like a first responder in like a super male dominated field. Um, And I love it, but it is hard being like a stripper in that same space. Well, quick side note, you should definitely shave your head. I've wanted to forever myself. You have the face for it, and you can just throw on a wig. Like, most of us wear wigs when we go to work, and no guy is the wiser. They have no fucking clue. Yeah, I have, like, a long 24-inch wig that I put on. I recently cut all my hair off. Oh, my God. Did it feel incredible? If No one told me how warm it was going to be when the sun hit my back, the back of my hand. <laughs> Bare skin. Uh, yeah, men are literally never clue in. Like, I literally had a guy the other night be like, is that your natural hair color? Like, clearly blonde, like, bleach blonde is not my natural hair color. <laughs> like, yeah, they're clue. Yeah, you could literally, yeah, get away with it. So We've had... I know. I feel... I've, like, tailored my whole look to be, like, the same, like, Barbie kind of like generic default stripper you know that when people think of stripper like that's what you look like um and yeah I don't know I think it'd be really freeing to not look like that for once a hundred percent um we've had a few guests including ourselves uh talk about dating while being a stripper we haven't had a lot of uh queer identifying people talking about maybe dating women uh while being like a dancer is it easier because you don't have that weird toxic masculinity exactly yeah like I uh dated a woman for a while while I was dancing and she just like ghosted me because I was a stripper but apart from that I haven't had much experience with it how have you found it if if you're dating if you're in a relationship or Yeah, I'm, like, pretty asexual and, like, on the spectrum, but I have dated men and women while being a dancer, and, yeah, I don't really see a difference with, like, the jealousy and stuff like that. Like, women are just as jealous as men, and I've seen, like, relationships that are great and super healthy in the strip club, but I've also seen, like, the super toxic, like, jealous, controlling girlfriend narrative, like, the same thing you'll hear from the boyfriend, so I don't know. Um... I'm really glad to like not be a part of that whole thing right now and like get to separate work completely. Um, cause I feel like as dancers, like we know that it's not like a sexual thing. Like we know that it's just for money, but it's really hard for like our partners who are not sex workers to understand that. I really think sex workers should just date each other, but <laughs> that doesn't always work out like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely like 
the the trick of it, I dated a male who was a gigolo, and he, like, never had a problem with my job, and then I had dated, or I was seeing a girl who was a stripper, and she never had a problem with my job, so I think, like, we just need to stick together. Honestly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, honestly, we're better anyway, so... Uh, right, I agree. It's like you can talk about stuff that like you can't talk about with other friends, and like I have vanilla friends who are supportive, but it's just not the same. Mm-mm. No, it's hard to talk about like tickling someone's taint to someone who's a square. You right. know, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, besides killing it as a dancer, you're also an extremely intelligent individual. If people haven't already picked up that already. You've completed a bachelor's in computational mathematics, and you're currently applying for your master's programs in applied mathematics. What are you hoping to do with your master's thesis or in the future in general? I don't know. It's a really hard question. Um, I would love to work for some exploration company or organization like um, NOAA and NASA, like either aquatic exploration or space exploration. Like I would love to be part of a program that goes to like the deep sea to do some research or goes to space to do some type of research. Um, but as a fallback, I would love to be like a teacher for upper division math courses, um, like a four year university level. Um, I really am interested in all of like the more theoretical magic math, if you will. Um, and yeah, I think the way that math is taught is like so sad because so many people hate math because you learn all the shitty things first, like the shitty, boring <laughs> bullshit. And like, no one gets to even like experience the fun side of math. And I really think that if we taught like the cool stuff first, then like so many more people would be interested in it. Um, I don't know. So I feel like I'd be a good teacher. Yeah, I've, uh, I've recently made the call to pause my uh, bachelor's degree I'm doing a, ma- um, a major in statistics because math makes me sad <laughs> stats is so hard stats is impo- like I took theoretical probability one time I think that was like I had to take that class three times because I failed it twice <laughs> like I feel you <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it rough <laughs> yeah uh, well that actually leads us to our next question too we've discussed you know privately amongst ourselves and on the podcast um, that, you know, in court, in quotes, like turmoil of being an educated stripper and uh, how it's not always well received in the strip club from patrons. So, you know, as we just said, you're highly educated yourself. Uh, Do you promote that at work or do you kind of minimize it and like pretend to be less educated in the clubs? Um, I don't pretend like, I don't really dumb it down. Like, I know I get what point you're trying to get at. Um, no, I think telling people at work that I'm a math major or giving them a little bit of information about my life outside of work where, you know, I was an athlete, like, I work at public safety, that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't, like, make them feel inferior, per se, but I feel like they do seek my approval more. Um and they, like, try to relate and be like, oh, like, I graduated with this degree. Or I make this much money doing this job. And um, and my approval depends on, like, how much money they give me. So yeah. <laughs> it works out in my favor. <laughs> oh, interesting. I like that take on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. Um, I definitely find mixed reviews when I say that I'm doing a, my majors in stats. Um, maybe that's just a city that we live in. Like, we do have a a mixture of white collar and blue collar people and they find white collar people really like it and they 
like, like when you can have an intelligent conversation. Uh, they like the idea of supporting me through school. And then uh, I find more so blue-collared workers feel a little bit, like, emasculated. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. I feel like I, 99% of the time, get people that, like, do not like that I have two degrees. Like, it's like boobs and brains. No, I can't, 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 can't compute. And they just, like, can't. Like, but I also think, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe it's too intimidating. I also think there's just, like, a lot of shit men here that, like, would never want a woman to have, like, a smart mouth or be able to talk back or to be educated. And, like, you're just a pretty thing, um, which is, Absolutely, that's why the... Yeah, absolutely. That's why, like, the girls who do dumb themselves down make so much money, too, you know? And you just get to, like, it's easier to work and, like, pretend like you're drunk and, like, just kind of have that be your whole night, you know? It's, like, less mental energy for sure. Oh, 100%. Like, now I make an effort to, like, like, talk stupidly or... (laughs) Yeah. Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Look how good I am. Look how good I am. Yeah, like, or I'll just, like... A lot of the guys don't get my sarcasm. I have very dry humor. So, like, I'll just make really fucking stupid jokes in a very dry way. And then they just think I'm really dumb. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, so, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Look at I'm my I'm just so drunk right now. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And then me, I only know boobs. <laughs> boobs. Boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then me and Riley give each other a side eye. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned that you're pretty out about being a sex worker, both in your academic and professional lives. Have you faced any sort of discrimination or backlash due to your job? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I I just have a hard time keeping any kind of secret. So I feel like I didn't really have a choice except for to be out. Like I would have felt like I was living a lie, like not being my authentic self with all of my coworkers. But I've had coworkers try to get me fired for being a stripper. Um, Luckily, I didn't. I'm really, like, well-liked at these places. Um, I've had coworkers out me to, like, their friends as a, as a dancer. So I said I work in public safety. So I would be on a call where we would have to transport a patient first, like, via ambulance or something. And then later that night, I would get a DM from one of the firefighters or one of the paramedics on my stripper Instagram being like, hey, real name like how much to suck my dick or how much for you to come strip at my bachelor party and shit like that. And this is coming from like public safety, like people that we look up to in society, you know, and there is absolutely no way that I could even report them because my page is a stripper page, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I don't promote myself as like um, a medical professional online. Like I promote myself as a stripper because that's how I make money (laughs) um, through my Instagram. And so and my TikTok. So yeah, like it's, it's really lame. I had someone on my OnlyFans pretending to be my boss. Um, I wound up telling my boss about that and like, he tried helping me, you know, and like trying to figure out what to do, but, but I couldn't think of anything and neither could he, you know, because like, I know that I wouldn't be supported by HR just because I am a sex worker and I would probably get fired if I made any kind of big deal about it even though my bosses know that I'm out, like the, the bigger like office people would like his boss would probably not be happy about that. Right. But then if they fired you for that, wouldn't you be able to sue for discrimination? No, because it's not illegal to discriminate. It is legal to discriminate against like 
sex workers. Um, like there's morality clauses in a lot of places in America and yeah, like you're definitely allowed to sue someone based off of, um, or you're definitely allowed to fire someone based off of like, like, uh, their, I don't know if it's their previous job, like whatever. Like I would definitely be breaking their morality clause. Wow. Yeah. I've definitely been fired for being a stripper from a serving job, which was a fucking joke. But anyway, yeah. and then I've also had men very much cross that boundary of like me as stripper Danica and me in my personal life. I was in like an appointment with a doctor once and the doctor was like, oh, what do you do for work, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, just so you know, if I had met you before I got married, I would have had you at my bachelor party. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you can That's still pay wild. me now. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, this is wildly inappropriate. Cool, thanks, bro. Dope. Yeah, literally <laughs> treated like fucking subhuman. That's wild. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Jesus. people suck. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so you mentioned like a couple times – the pandemic and how like COVID has impacted your like taking nine months off and that, um, how else has it been dancing during the pandemic? And then since it's kind of starting to open up now, what's that looking like? So I went back to work January of this year and it was fucking terrible. Like I had, I don't know, I think I made $80 like multiple times, like, a month until the Super Bowl. And then after the Super Bowl was kind of when it started going back to normal and it's been getting better ever since then. And that was back in March. Um, towards the end, like the last few months I have been making as much money as I was before the pandemic, like not consistently still, but like it has been getting a lot better. Um, what I did notice is that like, before the pandemic, a lot of the girls wouldn't really talk to each other. You'd kind of, like, ignore each other in the locker room. Um, and I think that since so many girls have left, so many girls have made OnlyFans and made make so much more money doing that than stripping that they, like, kind of are over it. The girls that are back have gotten a lot closer. Like, I'm friends with a lot of people that I wouldn't have even talked to before. Um, and I've hustled with people that I wouldn't have ever hustled with. Um, and really just gotten close with, like, everyone in the strip club. Like, all of the girls, which is been really cool like I think everyone's a lot tighter than they were um the mask policy was fucking terrible <laughs> like when we first came back everything is really open now um but yeah we were expected to wear a mask basically only on stage so like if you were sitting with a customer you didn't have to wear a mask and neither did they and I mean at that point I wasn't vaccinated like I was worried about getting COVID um and it just, like, it wasn't safe, but there was no alternative, you know? Like, it's, like, I had been broke. Like, I wasn't broke. Like, I had saved money up, but it's really hard to not work for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job at being, like, a first responder, like, they cut our pay as well. So that was wow. terrible. So, like, all of the customers that were coming to Vegas, they were all conservatives, you know, because all of, like, the more liberal people, like, all of the older people were scared of COVID still, so they were staying home, and so the only people paying my bills are, like, conservatives, and so, I don't know, beforehand, like, I'll be, I would be neutral, like, when guys want to talk about politics and stuff like that, but it was a lot harder to, like, listen to them talk about COVID, because that's all they want to talk about, and, you know, like, how it's a hoax and everything, um, Yeah. And it was just, it was really hard to listen to that. 
after like seeing how many people had died just in the city that I was working in, you know? And so I would always like kind of make it awkward because they'd be like, oh yeah, so what did you do like during the pandemic after they'd like talked this whole spiel of shit? And I'd be like, oh yeah, like I work in like healthcare, (laughs) you know? And like (laughs) kind of like make them feel bad. But yeah, like I, we had so many customers that were like coming in and being like, oh yeah, like I tested positive last week, but I feel fine now. You know, and so like there was so many things like that. Every single weekend was like a super spreader event. It was scary. It was scary working then. Oof, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, there was some like small things happening here or there, like scattered throughout the, um, the pandemic. But clubs are only just opening up now here. Um, it's been yeah. pretty locked down before that. Yeah, and still some of them aren't at all. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's so hard. So a lot of the clubs were allowed to operate as bars, but they weren't allowed to operate as strip clubs. And the way they got away with that was by having the dancers keep their clothes on on stage um, and not being able to, like, touch customers or anything like that. But we would have secret VIP rooms. Like, we would the health inspector people that would come and inspect the clubs to make sure we were following COVID guidelines – like they have nine to five jobs. So they wouldn't come in the club past like 10 or 11. So at midnight they would open up the VIP rooms for everyone. And like, that's kind of how they got away with it. But yeah. Sneaky. Uh, so you made quite a name for yourself on TikTok, which is actually how I found you. I've been following you for a while, (laughs) Um, but what made you want to start that and how has it been received? Um, so I, had a Tumblr a long time ago when yes. Tumblr was a thing. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> you rest in I, peace. <laughs> yeah, right. And, like, my Instagram is pretty geared towards men and customer-facing. But I also like having a social media platform where I'm not customer-facing, but it's, like, also a stripper account. And I like participating in discourse and all of that. Like, I haven't done that on TikTok yet just because it seems like there's a lot of kids and, like, it's the same discourse that Tumblr was having, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> um no, but it's really fun. I love making videos. I love my fans. It's I, the app itself though, man, it's like every time I try to upload a video, it goes straight to review and then it'll get published like a day later and then it'll be doing super fucking well. And then it will get taken down for four days and then it'll tank review or tank the views. <laughs> and so it's like a roller coaster to try to have a presence on TikTok. But I wish I could make more videos and not be so shadow banned. <laughs> Riley is like a huge TikTok fan. She's definitely give her props to you. She's the one that found you. She's like, this girl on TikTok. I was like, fine, I'll make a fucking account. So I <laughs> yes. finally went on TikTok. So I feel like I'm just too old, but I did, I did the ticky tacky things that I went on and I was like, okay, I'm going to, she was like, you need to post us. I was like, okay, I'll post us. And like instantly my ass got like, literal ass got like banned. I was like, they're like, they took yeah. it down every time. I was like, I'm literally wearing a bodysuit. I'm sorry. I have a big butt. Like, and they were like. It's so quick. It's so, so you know, quick. They, they are quick on there. Yeah. Um, like yeah. my shit will get reported for like, obviously it's like adult content, sexual nudity, like most of the time. But I had a few videos like, oh, what happened? Oh, I think I made a video being like, oh, yeah, I'm just not interested in men or something like that. And it got taken down for hate speech. <laughs> and like, 
No. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. It got taken down for hate speech. Like this video where I'm like responding to Karens. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just shit like that. You know, it's like every little thing that I do is like flagged. Harassment and bullying. Like <laughs> The men are yeah. like, meh. <laughs> yeah, Male <sorry>. tears. <laughs> like I had one video where like, I think I had 800 comments that were, that I wound up deleting that were just like, guys being haters and that was before i realized that the haters boost my algorithm yeah, so yeah, i wound yeah. up deleting all their comments but yeah like it's crazy that none of their comments will get flagged but i can't make a video like that like responding to them i don't know insanity uh, yeah patriarchy um <laughs> you know, love that for us um, so one of the tiktoks that riley showed me was you talking about your favorite locker room moment and we had a little <laughs> chuckle. So do you mind letting the listeners know, for those of you who are not following you yet, and they better start fucking following you after this, yeah. but can you <laughs> give them the rundown of your favorite locker room moment? Oh, my God. So this was before I was 21. I came to Vegas, like, for a weekend as a 19-year-old, and I could only get hired at one underage club. It's called Little Darlings. They have a great marketing team, but it's a terrible place to work. I do not recommend. Um that made me wildly yeah. uncomfortable. That yeah, game. no, it is terrible. They have bed dances for $25. Do bed? not recommend. Bed. Bed dances, yeah. Bed. And it's called Little Darlings, and it's for underage girls. Yeah. Okay, yes. I just wanted to make sure I fully understood. Okay, yes. go on. <laughs> and sorry, it's anyway. 911. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm in the locker room, like, at some point of the night. It's, like, late, and the house mom there is this little, tiny, like, 90-year-old woman just, like, maybe five foot like short gray hair you know like a little granny with like the glasses and everything and this like huge tit stripper like very glam is just sobbing like her makeup's running down her face and I don't remember what the fight was like with her boyfriend but like something happened with her boyfriend and she was feeling really guilty and she was like mom like I can't believe I did this like god I'm such a slut (laughs) and the house mom was like Oh, honey, like, after listening to her for, like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes just crying, this house mom hadn't said jack shit, and she's like, oh, honey, like, you're not a slut, you're a horse, let's do it for free, (laughs) and, like, me, me and, like, the four other girls that overheard it, like, all started fucking cackling, and this bitch got so upset, it was so funny, it was, like, the most classic thing, ladies are, house moms are so savage. I love that, I love that for her. Um, I mean, also, where's the lie, though? But uh, <laughs> honestly, yeah, she wasn't wrong. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I wish we had house moms. No clubs I work at has have house moms um, at all. Like, that's literally oh, not a thing here. Oh, I could not imagine working somewhere without a house mom. Like, I think my first club didn't have one. It was tiny, but they're so essential. I love like they keep everything under control. I feel like yeah, no, none of nowhere I've worked has. The most they have is, like, they have, like, a lady in the back room who, like, has, like, you know, ass wipes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the bathroom attendant or something. Yeah, like. that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a few listener questions for you. I know we're running on quite a bit of time right now, so I pulled the kind of, like, top, like, five, five, six. Um, so the first one is, are the outrageous fees of Vegas worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I had like a year long streak where I never made less than a thousand dollars. So it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's dope. 
Next one. Do Vegas clubs take Canadians or do we have to freelance only? Ooh, so when you go to Vegas, you have to get a sheriff's card in order to work. Um, you go to like, it's like the DMV kind of, and you have to bring your driver's license, your social security card. And if you're under 25 years old, you have to bring a birth certificate. Um, I don't know if Canadians are allowed to go, but I'm, I'm assuming you do if you have a passport. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to look that up online for sure. Yeah. Damn, so it's not easy to do it under the table then. Yeah, sounds like it. No. So like to get the sheriffs, like you can't even just go to the DMV to apply. It's like you have to go to a club to get the form um, and then take that form to the the sheriff's office or wherever it is. Um, and it's not even like you audition to get the form. It's like they have to like your face to get the form. So you have to come completely glammed up in a sexy outfit just to get the form. Wild. Wow. Oh, yeah, and one thing I didn't know when I came to Vegas is when you're doing that, you can't have long nails um, because they have to fingerprint you, and their fingerprint machine doesn't work with acrylic. So they literally have a thing for you to, like, chop your nails off if you have acrylic nails. So get your nails done there. <laughs> That's ah. wild. Yeah, they take that shit seriously. Uh, next question. Do you meet a lot of celebs slash famous people working in Vegas? Absolutely, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I've met a lot of people in the Bay area too, but it seems like they come in streaks. Like the cast of Jersey shore came in the same time that like Floyd Mayweather was there. Um, and then Wiz Khalifa and Trey songs were there at the same time. And like, I don't, there's, there are a lot of celebrities that come in. It's pretty often, maybe like one every two weeks or something. Jesus. Do you find that they're quite generous or not? really? Absolutely. No, <laughs> like I'll say hi to them just so that I can say that I did, you know, but I won't stay at that table all night. Um, yeah, they usually expect extras for free because so many girls will fuck them for free. Um, and that's not my vibe at all. Like I want to be compensated if I'm at work, especially if it's a weekend. Yeah, of course. 100%. <laughs> yeah, the only celebrities I know about coming out here was like Ben Affleck came into one of our local clubs once. This is years ago now. And uh, Pamela Anderson came in a couple years back because she's from Vancouver. She's from here. Okay. And then yeah. my, like, TV crush came into my club once, and I started hanging out with him outside the club, and I was, like, stoked on life. And then he cried. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, a fiancé, and I was like, oh, cool. Okay, I'm not going to watch your show no more. <laughs> like, yeah, this is weird now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you made shit weird. Okay, cool. Um <laughs> Did they spend money, though, or all of them, or any of them? Um, I only got to meet my, like, TV crush, and he spent a lot of money on me, which was nice. I don't know if Pamela Anderson or Ben Affleck did. I wasn't there, but I just heard. I got, like, all the text messages being like, Pamela Anderson's here. I'm like, I don't know. Is she paying you loads? Like, why do I care? <laughs> right. Definitely. I, I don't get uh, starstruck very easily. <laughs> Next question here. Are private parties slash after-hours parties popular in Vegas? Um, I think the strip club is the after hours party because we usually work until like at least six in the morning. And after that, it's just miserable to go to any after hours place. Um, I think if you were going to do any kind of private party, it wouldn't be like after the strip club. I think it would be instead mm. because I think like the, the bars or like the nightclubs close down between like two and four. 
and then people will come to the clubs afterwards. Like my club doesn't even get busy until 3 a.m. So, oh, my grandma ass hates everything you just said. (laughs) No, it's so terrible. (laughs) That's like the one thing that I hate the most about working there is like the hours. It's so bad. Do you have to show up like at the beginning of the shift or can you show up at two? It depends um, what you're hired for. So when you audition, the manager will either give you day shift, night shift, or any shift. Um, And you really want to get any shift because night shift starts at, like, I think, like, 8 or 9 or something like that. And I think that the later shift starts at, like, 2 or 3. And the best time to get to work is, like, 10, 30, 11. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, Mm. I definitely like being, like... Now the clubs are open up, we have to stay up later, but I love when I get, like, a good, like, 6 to 10 shift. Like, yesterday, I was in bed by 12, and I literally was like, do, 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 like, under my covers at, like, 12 in the morning, and I was like, good night, world. <laughs> like, this is late enough yes. for me. I fully yeah. look forward to the day that I'm, like, 30 years old and just, like, have regulars that I can go in <laughs> to, like, the club and just meet up with. <laughs> Thanks. What's it like, Danica? Thanks, Tell us what thanks, 30's like. Thanks, Roby. I'll just go fuck myself. Me and my 30-year-old ass. I don't know. Me and my 30-year-old ass will go fuck myself. Thank you for that. Can't wait for all those years in the future when I'm 30. <laughs> and old and decrepit. Like, thanks. Okay, but we've been dancing the same amount of time. I feel like in 20 years of dancing, like, I will have a lot of regulars. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, we're done here. Anyway, <laughs> it's over. Sorry. This episode will oh never God. air. <laughs> I really liked you and you ruined it all. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. We'll keep you. Uh, next question. What's the wildest night you've had at work? What? What's the wildest night you've had at work? Oh, dude. I, I can't even keep track of all of that. Like, money-wise, I've had nights where I've made, like, five figures, and that's always really cool, but I don't think those nights are wild, you know? Those nights are more like, I like you. Here's this huge sum of money. Like, come chill for a little bit. Um, One of my favorite, like, it wasn't just one night. One of my favorite memories is um, I got pulled into a room that was, like, a $40,000 room, Um, and I wound up, like, really hitting it off with the guy, um... And he was, like, this billionaire from Texas, you know, and we just wound up getting along super well. We had, like, a bunch of things in common, and he, like, totally fell in love with me, and I fell in love with him, and, like, he took me out um, the next night and, like, on a date, and we went to, like, a really nice dinner, and we wound up gambling and making like $70,000 gambling (laughs) and then we spent a big chunk of that going to like a Dylan Francis concert um and I my friend had come with me like at that point because he didn't want me to feel like weird about being alone so he's like oh if you have any friends and so I was like fuck yeah like I'll bring my best friend (laughs) and so we were like at the Dylan Francis concert like it was Dylan Francis's birthday like I got to press the cannons, you know, that, like, shoot confetti into the crowd and, like, do that whole thing. Um, We kept drinking that whole entire night, and he was like, let's fly to Beverly Hills in the morning on my private jet. (laughs) And me and my friend were like, okay, yeah. (laughs) And we're like, we don't have any clothes. He's like, it's okay, we'll go shopping. And he bought me a Chanel bag and, like, a really nice jumpsuit. He bought my friend a Louis Vuitton bag and, like, a really nice outfit. We all got, like, red bottoms and like all this crazy shit 
Um, he flew us and like six or seven other people out to Beverly Hills. We had a really fun night at the club. Um, we met up with like my, my ex-girlfriend and he knew that it was like my ex-girlfriend. He like sent a limo to go pick her up and shit. And like, it was just, he loved just being generous. Like we went to like some random pizza party later that night and it was like a $300 tab or something like that. And he like asked the waiter, like, what's the most money you've ever made? And he's like, Oh, I don't know, like 300 bucks or something. And he tipped him like 3000 on a $300 tab, you know, just like really cool shit like that. (laughs) And like, we talked for a few months after that. And then he like disappeared off the face of the planet, sadly. But, um, hopefully I see him again because (laughs) yeah, he was great. (laughs) And like, I've had a few, I've had two guys like that too, which is kind of crazy to think about, but they're out there, you know, they ain't here, boo, but I'm happy for you. (laughs) Girl. And he wasn't like like, a creep or anything. Like, I don't think we even kissed, you know, like he just wanted fun. Like, (laughs) like I'm sure he wanted sex eventually, you know, but like, we hung out like three times or something, and it was so fun. Yo, that's fucking wild. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. I am so yeah. jealous. That is definitely does not fucking happen in Vancouver. We gotta go, boo. <laughs> we gotta move to America. They ain't here. <laughs> Texas, we're coming. Yeah. yeah. Everything's bigger. Yeah. We're there. And I the do la- like the Texas days. I don't know if I've ever mm-hmm. even met a man from Texas, to be honest. I'm doing it wrong, apparently. So the last listener question here, where, and it's super random, but I guess it's a, a good thing to end on. Where would you like to travel for vacation? I feel like you've earned it, so. <laughs> Ooh, vacation. Um, I think my next place is going to be Brazil or Chile or somewhere in South America. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've gone to, like, Southeast Asia. I've gone to Central America. I've gone to Peru and a few other places, South America. But, um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I like going places that are, like, very different from America. Like, Europe and Canada are, like, last on my list. Like, be rude, but just okay. because, like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just because, like, I don't know, it's, like, other white people that speak English, you know? <laughs> like, Ew. I don't know. So, I like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I want to I wanna dance in Alaska, Um in Miami and Florida. Um, but yeah, I like travel dancing. I am, I am planning on doing that next year for two months. Miami or Alaska? Uh, just travel dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Like I say all the time, that's my, you know, as you've gracefully pointed out my old ass at 30. Um, I, (laughs) I did spend all of my twenties in school. Right. So I didn't get to like travel and dance. So that's definitely what I plan to do the next couple of years is just, um, yeah. utilize dancing as a way to like, just see the world. Uh, so I totally. definitely, definitely agree with you. So before we let you go, there's three rapid fire questions that we ask all of our guests. So the first oh, no. one, <laughs> the first <laughs> one is what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done, but you'd like to try? I don't have a sexual bucket list. I'm asexual, so sorry. I'm boring. I don't know. Fucking someone on a million dollars, maybe. Like, I feel like that's a good one. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm pretty like. I don't know if I'd say I'm asexual, but I definitely like 
unless I'm in a relationship, like I could totally go without sex. Like casual sex does nothing for me. Um, but money yeah. turns me on. So yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> so like the the million dollars, I don't think the person would need to be there. You know what I mean? Like they're just an a no. necessary evil. But like the million yeah. dollars. So I feel you. That's on that, what, one. That, that makes me horny. Yeah. 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 So I feel you. And your last one: If you had the world's attention for thirty seconds, what would you say? Um, sex work is work, I guess. I don't know. It's a hard one. Sweet. Nice yes. and easy. Yeah, sweet, sweet, um, sweet, sweet simple. Something like that. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Awesome. <laughs> On that eloquent ending. Uh, <laughs> Roby, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Um, I'm Roby Rye everywhere. So it's R-O-B-I underscore R-Y-E. It's Instagram and TikTok mainly. Yeah, y'all need to check out her TikTok. It's so fucking good, so relatable, so funny, so educational. Hit that up. If I'm on TikTok, y'all need to be on TikTok. So, yes, <laughs> awesome. Riley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Van City Riley or on the OnlyFans at Riley Divine Uncensored. Awesome. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus a tip or email at five zero plus a tip at gmail.com. Send in your questions, comments. We love getting them. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Riley worked really hard to get us on there, so fucking appreciate it. And once again, Roby, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. This was fun. Awesome. Have a wonderful week and happy horn. Bye. 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 Bye.